Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks stand in the Boy, don't your backyard look good. <laughs> Jack had his backyard uh, landscaped. Well... It was, and it now long, no longer well, looks like the surface of the moon. <laughs> landscaping implies that it was uh, 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 cosmetic. Yeah. It was not cosmetic. It was the, it's my own fault. The grass had all died in mm-hmm. my backyard because my dog would run around. And yeah. I would encourage him to run around. And all the grass basically was killed in my backyard by yeah. my dog. And I never thought about it at the time. I thought it was funny. And I thought, oh, I don't have to mow. So it was never an issue for me at the time. Well, as the years went by, <laughs> my backyard basically turned into a study in erosion. Yeah. Really so, <laughs> so uh, like I've told a uh, good company in the car people in the past i live on kind of the top of a hill and this used to be underwater so my backyard is kind of like a river base yeah it it has got round river rocks it's got a clayish muddish dirt yeah and big round river rocks not anymore no 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 through the miracle of sod (laughs) and the and over the years my uh yard had slowly moved from the top of the hill to the bottom and covered my patio with rocks and mud and all kinds of stuff and i'd given up i'd just point like i'd go out every couple of months and with snow shovel and shovel all the rocks and stuff back but it was it was brutal it was brutal (laughs) it was just horrible and i didn't think about it too much because i thought well it's the dog's bathroom it's not like i use the backyard but then you're like you know i'm gonna get this place ship shape i gotta make it look nice I'm, and they yeah. terraced it like a rice paddy. Ah, well, it's only got one. Yeah, it's, it's got two terraces and so, little steps, and it looks great. So that was it was kind of interesting because even the process of finding somebody turned into a big deal. Because Kevin's like, well, you got to get three different uh, three, you know, yeah. three, and of the three that we, the three that I called, one ghosted me. Oh, I'll be right over, Mr. Evans. Yes, sir, Mr. Evans. Yeah. Never showed up. The second one, I think, took a picture and sent something through an email or yeah. something, but never. I don't ever inter- interact and with And then him. the one you used actually showed right up. the third guy, <laughs> he showed up, walked around. I made him laugh. He made me laugh. It was very funny. That's how you want to choose your contractor. Exactly. They make you laugh. <laughs> exactly. Well, for me, and uh, he he said, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I said, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so finally got it all figured out, got it all done, and I I came home from that work thing today. Has had a makeover, and it literally does not look like my backyard. Your backyard looks twice as big. It looks, it looks much, much larger. I, I think the puss likes being on grass, grass and not rocks. Yes. Well, the, the rocks and dirt were good for keeping his nails short, so then I didn't have to trim his nails. Is everything about a cost savings effort? It's an for effort. You? Everything's an effort, Kevin. Everything's an effort. So, uh, so it was really funny because it looks great. I pulled up, and he still the 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 guy was still here, and. Oh, and I'm like, wow, it looks so good. And so there's a couple of little things they still have to take care of. But he, and of course, immediately I let Reagan in the backyard. And of course, the first thing he did was take a big poop. But that's yeah. okay. It's his backyard. It's his bathroom. But I uh, got in from work. I don't know what time I get home. Like I don't three, know. Five, three? Yeah, three. Yeah, you're like three. Yep. And I literally sat on the patio for the rest of and the afternoon. And gazed at it lovingly. And because my neighbor George came up to see it, and we sat and talked, and the Ra- and Reagan was in the back playing, and and then uh, then I was just kind of like zenning out because it, it it looked so pretty and green and green, and then of course I'm thinking now I gotta water it, now I gotta mow it, now I gotta do so yeah, but, minimal, you know. minimal yard maintenance. Shh, but- <laughs> shh, shh, shh. 
Anyway, it's a success. It does look really, really nice. So uh, maybe I'll put a picture up once it's all checked in and grown in and everything. Okay. (laughs) Now, before we get started. Yes. Before we get started. Right. Now, it's really funny because as you all know, good company in the car listeners, Kevin does all the work. Yep. Kevin does 99% of the work. I sure do. He really does. And I give him full credit for that. And even when I'm being difficult, he Uh, does all the work. So (laughs) uh, he usually picks what we do, what we do the podcast about everything. And he goes, Hey, I want you to listen to this one. I want you to watch this one. I want you to do your research on this one. And I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, it's this woman, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that sounds really familiar. And the second I started to watch it, I had to tell him this is the episode. Uh I think I, in the very beginning of good company in the car, I may have even mentioned how much this uh, city confidential. Yeah. And Paul Winfield. Right. And this story was the first City Confidential that I remember, I, that I, stuck yeah. with me. You're, yep. And, uh, and so the fact that Kevin, out of the hundreds and thousands yeah, of episodes, no, 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 we, we Kevin picked this one, one. And I actually, <laughs> meant to be. I was meant to be. It was faded. <laughs> and I actually know so much about this one simply because of my own curiosity. This was way before All right. anything. So I actually have a lot of Well, notes. let's get to it. I have a lot of notes on this one. All righty. Well, this is... Once again, City Confidential. City Confidential. And who, uh, your Paul. Paul Winfield is the narrator. Is the, this is. With a uh, sultry voice. Season five. Season five. Episode seven. Episode seven. Spoonful of arsenic. Spoonful of arsenic. Not to give too much away. Yeah. We are learning from Paul that Paul. The, we are in Macon. And Macon, Macon Georgia. in the 1950s. Macon, Georgia. <laughs> The downtown, they made this weird analogy between the downtown being like the internet, where people went to get their gossip and their information. Because it's a small town. And it was like, well, the Macon's a city. But it's... It but had a small town vibe. It's a small town vibe. All right. It, they said and it was it's like... it's southern, a, and it's Georgia. It was oh. like a chat room. Anyway, yes. here's Bryce Goings. She's a local resident. It was just an easygoing southern town where you walk by somebody and you'd say, hello, how are you today? And first thing you knew, they was telling you their life story or you was relating some of your experiences. And it's just, it was just a friendly, good place. It still is. But you just have to know where the people are. So back in the 1950s, and I didn't know what this was. I thought it was Aunt Jet's Diner restaurant, but it's Aunt Jet, one word. Can you spell that? A-N-J-E-T-T-E. Aunt Jet. That, that's, that's a southern name. name. Well, you know, it's it's like I know a lot of combined names. And you know, And I think in the country and in the south, they, you know, Marsha Ann and Susan right. Bryan. And, you know. Uh, and, anyway, yeah. yeah, it was Ann Jett's restaurant. It was on Mulberry Street, right in the middle of town. And they didn't go there so much for the food, although that was important. It was also to hang out with the charismatic and beautiful owner, Ann Jett. Here is Jacqueline Weldon White. She wrote a book about this case. She was a very charismatic woman. Uh, she would, would come out during the meals and uh, go from table to table, tell jokes, uh, greet people. So Angette was the daughter of a local grocer. And in 1947, she married Ben Lyles. Ben Lyles. 
When she wasn't busy taking care of their daughter, Marsha, she was at the restaurant. So now here's just a little... A little foreshadowing? A little... Well, uh, it's more research. Okay. Okay. So the Ben Lyles Bar and Restaurant Mm -hmm. was owned by Ben Lyles Sr. Right, his dad. And his wife... She ran the she ran the 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 restaurant, and they gave birth to Ben Lyles Jr., who was married to Ann Jett. So at this time, Ann Jett's father-in-law owns the restaurant. Okay, and go. So Ben's health was not very good. Like so many veterans of the Second World War, he had rheumatic fever. That is the same condition that eventually um, killed uh, our good friend John Mansuetti's dad um, before John was even born. He had rheumatic fever, and it, um, after John's mom was pregnant with John, his dad passed away, Oof. and John never met him. Oh, it's horrible. I know. But in 1952, after the birth of their second daughter, Carla, Things really took a turn for the worse, and he was admitted to the local hospital. He had had rheumatic fever real bad, uh, and they would hit him, and he wouldn't go to work. He wouldn't, the restaurant was just going downhill. So Ben died a few days later. No one could figure out what was wrong with Ben. Uh, The doctors, I think, finally decided it was encephalitis, but I think that was almost... uh, uh, a compromised kind of diagnosis. Nobody ever knew for sure. And at 25 years of age, Anjette was now a widow, but she rose to the challenge. She did indeed. She just felt like that um, she was somebody and that uh, she was going to make a name for herself. Okay, so now just for again, I'm helping with the timeline. I know this sounds like I'm adding unnecessary information, uh-huh. but it is kind of important. No, okay. So Ben Lyles Sr. has died. Uh-huh. Ben Lyles Sr.'s wife is now the owner of the restaurant, right. and she gives it to Ben Lyles Jr. So Ben Lyles Jr., who is married to Anjette, owns and operates the restaurant and Anjet is like uh, this is my jam I can make this work but now Ben Lyles Jr. is dead so now it's Anjet's restaurant well that's kind of not there's more to this story so hold on so so before Ben died he had sold the restaurant to somebody else for twenty five hundred dollars. Okay. And, and we'll have to circle back to that because that wasn't in the episode. I know, but this is research, research, okay. research. Well, we'll come back to it. In 1955, her so-called glamorous looks caught the attention of airline pilot Buddy Gabbard. Okay, I'm going to stop you again. Okay. And the reason I'm going to stop you is, now this is just my opinion, okay. and it could be wrong. Well, it's your opinion. She literally looks like a Barbie doll. She is a buxom. Yeah. She's not skinny. No, she has, that she's one picture, shape. she looks like divine. <laughs> oh, well, okay, but she's not fat, fat. Well. She is a very buxom, shapely woman. She's got big boobs, and she wears tailored dresses that are belted. Yeah. They're long sleeve, they're short sleeve, whatever. But and she, she wears sunglasses a lot. And she wears sunglasses a lot. And she has gone, her hair is gray white. So it's it looks like her hair is bleached because all the pictures are black and white. Yeah. She actually wears 
wears her hair gray. So whether she's gone gray or she colors her hair, and she usually wears it in a ponytail. So she literally looks like, when you think of the original Barbie doll, she has that aesthetic. Which is just kind of fucked up. Which is very <laughs> fucked up. But this is before Barbie dolls now. Before, But a lot of these pictures show her with this ponytail and the sunglasses and the fitted dresses with the belts. Okay. And she... Kind of looks like a Barbie doll. Okay, and go. So Buddy fell instantly in love with her. And How could you not? She looks like Barbie. And after a whirlwind romance, they were married. But not too many months after their marriage, he had a fairly minor procedure at the hospital. On his wrist! And he never recovered. And On his wrist! Subsequently, he died. And many people in Macon felt very sorry for Anjette. She's tortured! Everything She's bad cursed. happens to poor Anjette! But her mother-in-law was lending a hand with the children, so that eased the burden. So she was such a part of the family that when Ann Jett bought a home uh, outside of town, she made sure there was enough room to bring along her mother-in-law. Free babysitting. But that didn't last long. And she died in the fall of 1957 what, after a Kevin? month of agony. The first husband died? Mm-hmm. The second husband died? Yeah. And the ex-mother-in-law died? Yeah. Was no. she ex? I, would you call her ex-mother-in-law? Well, because uh, I would just say mother-in-law. Okay, mother-in-law, whom she seemed to like. Everybody yeah. said she, they got she, along Yeah, I know. Well. And it was a little before closing time at the restaurant on March 1st, 1958, a year after mother-in-law died when little Marsha fell ill. Little Marsha fell ill as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. She was in good health. Uh, and then all of a sudden she started getting sick. Next thing you know, she's in the hospital. So that was Harry Harris. He was a sheriff's deputy back then. Well, surprise, surprise, Marsha has succumbed to some mystery disease, illness, whatever you want to call it, and she is laid to rest in April of that year. She's 10 years old. What Anjette did not know was that several tissue samples from Marsha had been sent to the state forensic lab. So Marsha's paternal aunt had gotten these two letters anonymously saying, you need to hurry. She is getting the same doses as the others. Let me tell you what, I have seen whatever you want to call it, photocopies uh-huh. or pictures or yeah. whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to try and read the one letter to you. I'm going to try and read it to you. Okay. Mrs. Jacqueline? Uh-huh. Now, I can read. I'm just going to say that. He's three... Do wis sure do would come and see about March M A R C H just looks like C H but trying to spell Marsha. She is in the hospital, Park View. Please come at once. You is hard. You are all she got. Please come to morrow. We sat and talked with her, and she told us uh, what she. Suspicion when she felt like a gun, this niece was being poisoned. The medical examiner remembered the letter, and so he, rather than just doing the, the usual kind of visual post-mortem, he went to the funeral home where the body had already been taken and, uh, and conducted an autopsy there after midnight one night. So when Anjette gets wind of the samples being sent to the forensic lab, she immediately goes down to the police station and she brings baby Carla. Baby Carla with her and she has Carla explain this to the cops. She brought Carla, her seven-year-old daughter, with her. She, she stood Carla 
up on the examining table and said, now you tell the doctor what you told me. So, yeah, so what she's saying is Carla tells the cops that they were playing doctor with the neighbor kids and they accidentally used this ant poison as pretend medicine and that's how the arsenic got into Marsha's body. So, yeah, the tests come back positive for arsenic. Arsenic doesn't go away. It accumulates in your hair and your fingernails. Do you know, I, this is something I, I wanted to look up and never got around to. I'm kind of glad I did, so right. it's not on my search, search history. Uh -huh. So if you, like, let's say, for example, I have ingested a couple of tablespoons of arsenic. Right. And then, for whatever reason, I either don't know or whatever, and then I don't ingest anymore. You'd get sick. But wouldn't you kind of recover? I think you can. I think arsenic can be um, flushed. A, out. Well, a single dose can kill you if it's enough of it, or it accumulates over time and slowly right. kills you. So, so my understanding with arsenic is that the reason the the, the way is is you you slowly give them arsenic, arsenic, right, arsenic, over and time. eventually builds up. And and unless weakest, you're looking for it, you won't know to look for it. We know weak, that from Marie Hilly. Yes, exactly. And, and that guy in Texas who exactly. killed the sisters. And the weakest part, and I learned this with this, this is something I learned with uh, this case, is that when you take arsenic, it attacks the weakest part of your body. So if you've got a weak liver, it attacks your liver. If you've got okay. a weak heart, it attacks your heart. If you've got a weak, you know, whatever. So that is how arsenic affects your body. Now, and then of course, the whole time I'm thinking, well, if you had a, a like, you know, if you had a dosage of, of arsenic and then all of a sudden you didn't have anymore right would you recover completely i think you would it because was i know there's the things called arsenic ridges in the fingernails yeah 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 and uh hair it, there's stripes i in the think hair. you do recover from it and then it just gets stored you know you can there are traces of it in your hair and stuff but i think you metabolize it eventually uh, okay but anyway thank god i don't have that search engine in my, that <laughs> on my search engine how long does arsenic take to move out of the body <laughs> Carla says they were playing a game where they're playing doctor and they accidentally used the rat poison or ant poison as pretend medicine. But the authorities weren't buying that at all. And they exhumed all three of the previous bodies, the mother-in-law and both the husbands. All of this came back positive for arsenic. So on May 6th, what, Kevin? 1958, what she was arrested for the murders. They got a search warrant for the house where they found two bottles of ant poison with arsenic hidden away in her closet. But they also found a bunch of voodoo shit. That's funny. A lot of this voodoo type stuff, she believed in that stuff. She liked these candles. A black candle meant death. And different candles meant different things. So I know from Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, like Savannah has a voodoo tradition. <laughs> I think, well, any place that's Southern that had a high a population of slaves that- From the Caribbean? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the voodoo was a thing. But I, I'm not defending voodoo in any stretch of the imagination, well, but it is also a type of religion in a certain part of the world. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think of voodoo as an evil thing. No. But there are- It's always portrayed as being kind of sinister, it, though. It, Exactly, because that's where people go to try to kill people and or, do things. Yeah, change but I luck. think that I think that it is a. I, I, I need to stop. I actually need to stop talking because I don't know what I'm talking and about. And Jet was apparently using it to try to she get a better was, life. She wanted she, you know to spin spin mojo or whatever. Black candles and and yeah. voodoo paraphernalia in her home. Oi. So voodoo was not unknown in the Deep South, but it just usually wasn't white women practicing Especially it. not white women that look like Barbie. Yeah. So Anjette had been going to what she called spiritual advisors for guidance for a better life. Today they say spiritual advisors. In the old days they said 
palm readers and then fortune tellers. But she was going to a person for guidance. She wanted the good life, and she, the good life to her was uh, for flashy automobiles, flashy dress, and parties at night. So now, naturally, we learn all about the life insurance on everybody, she including had what? the children. Yeah, Kevin, what did she have? You tell me. She had life insurance on her first husband? And? And she had life insurance on her second husband? And? And she had life insurance on her daughter? Yep. She had insurance on her uh, mother-in-law. She had insurance on her child. She had insurance on her on her husband that she killed. And her first husband that she had also killed lives. And we haven't gotten into this yet. Look to the left, look to the right. In my research, uh-huh. she was the beneficiary of um, the mother-in-law's will. Wow. We now learn that the anonymous letter sender was a cook at the restaurant who would see Ann Jed get ready to take food over to the hospital for who was ever sick at the time. <laughs> but she would dart into the bathroom with a brown paper bag, and when she would come out, she would have a bowl of the food she was taking over or whatever, a container, Buttermilk. and she was stirring it as though she was incorporating Lemonade. something into it. So this is the 1950s, and an uneducated, lower-class black woman working in a kitchen at working that restaurant... Working cook in a... Yes, she's in- not going to go to the authorities for a number of reasons. She's not going to go to the cops for a number of reasons. They're not going to believe her. She's going to lose her job. So without much further ado, we learned that Ann Jett gets the death sentence. And that's fantastic. Well. (laughs) It's going to be the electric chair. Exactly. So this is Judge William Adams explaining why this was a not-so-fast moment. There had been, as I understand it, one a woman executed in Georgia. I don't know exactly when, but some years earlier, I'm sure, and I understood it was a black woman. And so to put uh, a woman, particularly a white woman, into the electric chair uh, was tough. Yeah, it's not going to be that easy in the 1950s to right. get a white woman into the electric chair. 1958, I believe, for sure. So was the year, yeah. a couple of weeks before her execution date, the governor blinks, and he orders her um, evaluated, and they decide that she was insane. She's insane. So in October 1959, she was sent to the insane asylum in Milledgeville, Georgia, where a good man is hard to find. Who wrote that? Uh, oh, Flannery oh, O'Connor. Oh, That's where Flannery O'Connor's okay. from. Okay. Believe it or not, she worked in the kitchen there until well, her she death was, she owned in a 1977. Restaurant. <laughs> I thought it was just the strangest thing in the world. And, of course, if they kept the tarot hat poison away from them, I guess it was all right. So up until the restaurant was demolished, it was a regular part of the downtown Macon ghoulish tourist spots to visit. This I'd is, go. I'd go in heartbeat. I would, too. This is Keith String. I would say over on the right is the famous Anjet Lyle's restaurant. It was a favorite place to eat until they discovered that murder was on the menu. So yeah, he he had to crack wise at the end. So yeah, that was part of that like the ghoulish making sites. This is where Anjet poisoned everybody, but it's long gone. I don't know if there's even a, a plaque marking it. It's no, no, dark. no. Well, so so because like I like I told the good company in the car listeners, this particular case, I do not know why it rung with me. Resonated. Man, it it deep it deep. It was like this woman and and I thought Marie Hilly was evil. Well, yes, she is evil. I'm I'm not going to say she's not evil, but she, I, I do believe she's completely insane. But, no, no, um, no. Not Aunt Jet. Marie Hilly. Oh, well, I'm talking about Aunt Jet. I'm talking about Marie Hilly. Okay, well, on. yeah, yeah. So, 
So just to clarify on the restaurant, I, I know that I, I'm backtracking a little bit. Right, right, right. Just no, that's want fine. to clarify this. So Bud Lyle Sr. owned the restaurant. He died. It went to the to the wife, Gladys. I believe her name was Gladys. It sounds it, about right. Gla- Does it matter? <laughs> well, I want to know the Julia. No, yes, Julia. Julia Lyle. So Bud Sr., uh, ben Sr. and Julia. Ben, ben Sr. dies. Lyle Sr.'s die. It goes to Julia. Julia gives it to her son, Ben Lyles Jr., who is then married to Anjet Lyles. Right. Apparently, Ben Lyles Jr. was a ne'er-do-well. Okay. He didn't want to work. He didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to, you know, he wanted to drink and carry on. He did not want to hold a job, et cetera, et cetera. Well, who can blame Well, and Jet had high aspirations. She was, she was a worker. She was a worker. So she went to work in this restaurant. And she and was making a success, She right? was making a, a success before when she was just the wife of the owner. Mm-hmm. And um, at Paul, some point he sold it? Paul, Paul, Paul talks about it became a social point it was right downtown it was across mulberry from the street court. it was across from the courthouse yeah. everybody went there it was a social thing to go i feel like you you say he sold it, it, it that's like selling the cash cow though. He, but think about it he's an idiot he's an heir to what he didn't care so did, probably, and she, didn't, she prob- didn't know about it? Well, she found out about it, and then mysteriously he died. How interesting yeah, is that? All right. <laughs> so, so she Here, have another late so he sold the restaurant. Rather. He sold yeah. the restaurant. She went ballistic, apparently. Yeah. And uh, then shortly after he died, and she was able to buy the restaurant back. Good because, for her. I wonder why she got the insurance money. <laughs> now during all of this time, Shit. she is buddy buddy with with uh, Ben Lyles Jr.'s mother. Yeah, and Ben Lyle and uh, 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 Julia is watching her kids. Yeah. Now after Ben J- Lyles Jr. died, right, she, she had moved- to move back in with her parents. Right. So the idea of her bu- moving into the this house and 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 her mother-in-law moved. It was free childcare. Yeah, she apparently Carla and I think Marcia, that was pretty common back then. Well, yeah, that is true. But Marcia and Carla, if you see any pictures online of them, these kids are done up like bar, like little baby dolls. Yeah, their hair is perfect. Yeah. Their clothes are perfect. Like Everything mom. is perfect. So, and Jet wanted to live a perfect life. Yeah. Now I could not find it, and I apologize profusely to the good company in the car listeners. But I remember this specifically because you know how I am about remembering these really bizarre details. Yeah. Somebody was interviewed on something else that I saw, and I would give it credit, and I couldn't find it. Something else. Somebody else was interviewed, and it was an older woman, and she was like, "Everybody loved Anjet. She was stunning. She was beautiful. She looked like a movie star." Making Georgia of 1950s. Do you know what stunning actually means? Now I understand <laughs> that, but think about the it. time. I know you told me. I got to keep it in perspective. So the concept is is that she had presented this image of style and beauty and like I said she is an, a, she's a, an average looking woman yeah. but she had a sense of style yeah, yeah. so a she was than no, life. she was known around town for driving a convertible uh-huh. with her sunglasses on and her hair flying in the wind she ran this restaurant that everybody wanted to go to and she was a social butterfly yeah she had made her life the way she wanted it yeah it was working now out. she's got the she's got <laughs> the insurance money made. Money from her first husband. She's got the insurance money for her second husband. She's got all the money. She's got all the money to do yeah, basically everything kill she wants. Your own kid. Then Ugh. she finds out before she got to the kid. She finds out when the mother 
daughter-in-law moves in with her with the babies and she's taking mm-hmm. care of the kids. She finds out that uh, old uh, uh, Julia has been hoarding money and has quite a bit of money in the bank. Yeah, okay. And there she forged her will. And Jet forged Julia's will to get everything. I'm, so I'm during, shocked. <laughs> so, so during the 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 court, all the court proceedings, they had like handwriting. Uh, oh, experts come in, yeah, and, and they were just and like, they were like, this is all, all fake. of this is a, so all of this money that Anjet's got coming in, and I think she, at this she point, must have been pretty wealthy. She had lost her mind at this point, and, and she had a huge life insurance on Marsha. When, now, when she was de- uh, um, declared mentally incompetent, was she? literally mentally incompetent or I, was that them just trying to sidestep well, around was, i think she was declared mentally insane which is a it's just purely well, legal term but i but thought it was so they could not that they wouldn't they didn't kill, want to kill her. her yeah yeah they didn't want to kill but her. they at, at trial that nobody's yeah. like well she's mentally and if incompetent. you see if you go online and you look at pictures of this woman when she's going in and out of that courthouse now yeah. i'm not going to say she looks beautiful but she's put together she is put together yeah she's got her sunglasses on she's got no they're great on. photos she's got her little belted dresses on she's walking she's got high Oh, and everybody, it was a cause celeb. It everybody was, in Macon, were, all of Georgia was following this story. There were physical fights for seats to in, get in the there. courthouse. Yeah. You know how I, macabre the Southerners are. You, and, you know, I was just in hook, line, and sinker. So, uh, like I said, been sold the restaurant for 25 years. Uh, I imagine it was like the courtroom scene in To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the th- one thing that I found really interesting is when she bought the restaurant back, uh-huh. because it still had the Lyle sign outside of it. It had never been removed. You know, whoever bought it just right. left the sign up. When she bought the sign... And she, she renamed it Anjets, right? She renamed it Anjets, and she had a sign made. And you have to go online to see this picture. I cannot find. Is it really good? I can't find a nice, clear picture. What is it? The only picture that I can find of it, it's slightly blurred in all the pictures. It's very 1958. It looks a little astro. It's got a oblongy triangle with the line below that says restaurant. Uh-huh. And it has a fluorescent tube version of Anjet oh, with great. the ponytail. It looks like narciss- a Barbie doll. How narcissistic. She's, she's got the pony in the sign. You can see her ponytail. She's holding a plate of food and she's got the belted dress with the big full skirt and it says and jets restaurant yeah i'm telling you just like we were having a conversation earlier if i can get a hold of that sign oh my god it's the coolest looking sign that's great and it looks like a barbie doll the the deaths of her first husband was uh given to encephalitis encephalitis which, yeah which of course i'm like is that even real it's yeah. just it's just brain inflammation yeah brain inflammation. and then the second husband bud he went in for wrist surgery and while he's in for wrist surgery his skin starts bleeding yeah <laughs> uh bleeding through the skin he's bleeding through the skin oh that sounds i found that so terrifying. Like, oh my god i'm so in with this oh my god uh, i would like to meet in jet because you know what i bet you she's the most charming person yeah oh ever met. yeah if those, i ever the, describe somebody as charming it's usually not in a yeah good no 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 yeah. the killers like that usually are uh, uh the, the boarding house lady exactly, out in california exactly, remember her? exactly yes so, oh speaking of the boarding house lady uh remember you told me that there, it was a day our friend david who told us there's a cookbook that's got recipes yeah all her recipes <laughs> so i have found three or four of Anjet's recipes one for banana pudding, one's for applesauce cake, one's for some sort of a chocolate pecan pie. Oh, that's and great. And I'm just like, it's really um, So then it was discovered that in this back history of Anjet that 
usually when people who are like this who don't see the the damage and the in the few in the in the deaths they're tra- they're causing the evil it's just they've the had, evil they've suffered some sort of severe trauma so there's speculation this is all in my research in my research in my research there's some speculation that she had horrible sexual slash men male trauma in her childhood that would track that would exactly so when she got older this is this is really fucked up she went to funerals for entertainment. Oh God, that's dark. She specifically liked going to funerals of women, uh, of men with the wives. You know, like the wives mm-hmm. had lived and the husband sure, died. The grieving and, widows. Are yes, there. the grieving widows. And um, the there was there's a book written about this. It's called Whisper to the Black Candle, and it's all about this. And the they 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 talk about this black female uh, cook. And it's actually uh, 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 what is it when you have multiple people and you put them into one person? What is it called? A, 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 a composite. A composite. There were actually three female cooks in the kitchen. Three black older female cooks who saw, they're like, why is she taking her purse into the kitchen? Yeah. With, why is she taking her purse into the bathroom? Yeah. Why is she taking that bottle into Thank the bathroom? God. And, the and the three of them got to talking, and they're the ones that kind of got together and like we got we got to warn somebody. Yeah. And it, like I was saying earlier, none of them would go to the police because we'll hang. Well, they'll blame us. Yeah. They'll say we did it. Yeah. So yeah. these three ladies got together and ended up writing these letters, these uh, uh, well, anonymous letters for, for that, doing got, that. That, that put Injet behind uh, bars. The other daughter, Carly... Carla. Carla. Carla dropped off the face of the map. Oh. She has you done You could kind of understand why. Well, of course you can. Uh, I do believe if my research is correct, she's married and has done everything her, she can to distance herself uh, from Macon and the and the thing. Good for I, her. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. Good for her. Just be a curiosity. I, I, you know, it's so horrible. You know, when they say like, you you hear people fawn over killers. Yeah. And Ted yeah. Bundy, I, I, I hate to say this because it's a horrible thing. I am drawn to Anjet. Oh. She, she's got this. You, the, if, if I could feel find the clip of that woman talking about Anjet. She'd drive down the street, hey, hey, in her convertible. She looked like a movie star. Yeah, and she that's had the whole burned. Town. That's burned in my brain. Yeah. And I can remember that. And that back boys and girls all those years ago city confidential this is this is the episode that drew me to city confidential and made me a fan of city confidential yeah it was I, it's a good episode it is a fantastic and once you start going down the the, the rabbit hole of Injet, holy crap yeah. there's a bunch of stuff out there yeah it's they can't just, fit it all into one 22 minute episode one, exactly she just she murdered that whole family yeah she God damn. She, she killed her own kid. Yeah. She, you know, and and because this, she wanted this particular type of yeah, lifestyle. She was going to do whatever she lead, had to do to get it. She wanted to lead a particular life. Yeah. And, and she was getting it, and everyone around her was fucking it up. And it yeah. was driving her crazy. It's so horrible. God, yeah. it's horrible. So at any rate, I apologize for being so energetic about this particular one. Well, But I'm telling you. You get a pass on this you one. Can, <laughs> go look up N. Jet Lyles. 
Making Georgia murder, making Georgia. 1950s. And you're going to see these uh-huh. pictures. She's a little pudgy, yeah. and I'm not trying to be mean. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll put a sh- picture up for the, for I'm the trying. I'm trying to find, if I can get a clear picture yeah. of that restaurant sign, it, yeah. you're going to say, that's, that's not real. That's like a, a Barbie. That's not uh, real. <laughs> nope, that's it. That's the one. Well, that's so, the one and only Anjette. Thank you for Anjette. listening about it's, that twisted I tale. know it's so messed Have up. Have a good night, everybody. Or a Barbie. She's in love with me Can't help it, girl, can't help it